Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Luke 24. Go to Luke chapter 24. If you don't have a Bible, you, we're going to put it up on the screen so you can share with the person you're sitting next to. What happened on that Sunday morning, the Gospels tell us an account. I love the account in Luke. It's the one we're going to read this year, this Sunday, this morning. Luke chapter 24, we're going to begin to read in verse 1. Amen? You guys look incredible. By the way, you sounded phenomenal during worship. And I think we got a little glimpse of what heaven is going to sound like. Balcony, are you doing good up there? Oh, come on, one more time. Balcony, are you feeling good? We said this on Friday night, that if Jesus comes back right now, you're the first to go. And you meet him before all of us, so just hold on tight. But uh, Luke chapter 24, follow along on the screens if you don't have a Bible. We're going to begin to read in verse 1. One more time, if you're there, can you say amen? The word of the Lord says this, but on the first day, but on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter, verse 12, but Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. And he went home marveling at what had happened. Now Luke gives us his account of the resurrection and we just read a few verses we'll pause there but let's talk about what happened there and I believe that today God wants to speak to us regardless of where we are in life out of resurrection Sunday Luke chapter 24 I believe that there's something that we can lean in and look at as we look at the last day which is really the first day uh, what happened in Jesus life and what does it mean for us today if you're taking notes whether it's on a notebook or on a phone I want you to write down this title today I want to talk to you from this title the enemy has been defeated come on the enemy has been defeated why don't you high five four or five people around you and tell them the enemy has been defeated the enemy has been defeated we'll talk about this for the next maybe 25 minutes or so and then we're going to worship Jesus one more time we're going to sing with all we've got I'm going to make an invitation I believe many people today your enemy is going to be defeated in Jesus' name. You're going to start a relationship with Jesus. Then we're going to go outside, write bumper cars, 
and take pictures with llamas. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for this day. Come on, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we thank you that on this day, as we gather, we remember that Jesus is alive. The Son of God came back to life, and because he's alive, everything changes. God, thank you for this opportunity to gather here at Robert Morgan. Thank you for every person that's here online in the courtyard. Speak to us, open up our hearts, open up our eyes to see and understand Jesus better, because if we do, God, we will never be the same again. Thank you for loving people like us, we don't deserve it. There's nothing we can do to earn it, but you've been good and kind. We love you, Jesus. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and it's in that name of Jesus that all of Calvary Church says, Amen. come on, all of Calvary Church says, Amen. come on, can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? In the 1800s, Napoleon was advancing in his quest to conquer the world and he was about to enter England and conquer and take them as captives and the whole world was watching at what would happen in this battle of a town called Waterloo. The battle of Waterloo had the attention of the whole world because if the British army did not stand and fight they would be defeated and taken as captives. The captain or the general of the British Army was called Wellington and everybody knew it was Wellington versus Napoleon. Wellington versus Napoleon. Eyes were watching and everybody was attentive to what would happen in the battle. When the battle began, they started to fight. It went on for hours and hours and hours and through the channels of water, the boats and towers would relay the message of what was happening in the battle. And one morning, they woke up and the fog was heavy and the boats started to flash their lights through like a Morse code to give a signal of what had happened at Waterloo. And the lights came through the fog and they were trying to read the message and the message they read was Wellington defeated. Wellington defeated. They were shocked, they were horrified, they were in defeat. They hung their head and they turned to their neighbor and said, pass the message, Wellington defeated. And it started to spread all across. It finally got to London and in London, the people were saddened, depressed. We've lost the war versus Napoleon. Wellington defeated. But after another hour or so, as the sun started to rise, the fog started to lift up. And as the fog started to lift up, they realized that the boats were still flashing their lights because the message had not finished. And what they realized was that two words were missing from the initial message. Instead of Wellington defeated, now what they were saying was Wellington defeated the enemy. Wellington defeated the enemy. Wellington defeated the enemy. And you can imagine the great reversal happened. They all began to jump. They all began to scream. They passed it to their neighbor. The news hit London and all of Britain was celebrating because Napoleon had finally been defeated. But in the fog of the morning, in the fog of life, it left them feeling defeated. Have you ever felt defeated? I don't know about you, but, but life has a way of bringing a fog about our mind, our eyes. And all of a sudden, we're walking in a daze because the hits of life, the blows of life, leave us walking in a fog. 
The fog comes to bring us down. The fog comes to let us know that we'll never amount to anything. We'll never be able to stand up and fight and win. The fogs of life leave us defeated. In fact, I put it this way. It's the fog that blocks the faith. And many of us today, we are in a fog. You're here this morning and you want to celebrate and you want to take part of everything that's going on. And I, I wish I could have some hope on the inside, but fog is blocking my faith. I've walked through fog. I've felt the fog. I've been hit by fog in my life as well. Growing up, when we had moments of maybe a financial loss, I would feel like we're walking in a fog in life. Is it always going to be this way? Are we always going to stay in a financial place of difficulty? I remember when I was 20 years old, and an aunt of mine in Costa Rica was dying from brain cancer, and we prayed for years and years and years. And on an Easter morning several years ago, we got the message that she had passed away. The fog hit. But God, if you're good, but God, if you're strong, but God, if you're able, and, and the fog of pain comes, and the fog of loss comes and it threw me in a daze and I walked in a fog for years. It threw me into anxiety. It threw me into a depression. I was mad at God. I was angry at God. And fog, what it does is that it throws us into despair and it tells us that there is no hope. See, here's the thing. It is easier to despair than to hope. It is easier to stay low. It's easier to stay defeated. It is easier to believe that things can't change than it is to believe and have faith that things do change. And so a lot of us today, although we want to, there's something in us that doesn't allow us to believe that you can see the sun beyond the fog. And I'm sure a lot of us in here are watching online. You've walked through fog, and perhaps you're in a fog today. Maybe today you're in the fog of a broken marriage. Maybe you're here today and you're in the fog of a bad doctor's report. Maybe you're here and you're in the fog of a mental illness that you've been battling and fighting. Perhaps you're here and it's generational trauma that has left you feeling like life gets no better. It's domestic violence as your mom abused you or as your dad hits you. This is the way life is always going to be. It's pain, it's suffering, and it does not get better. Perhaps it's an addiction an abortion, a bad habit, pain that has followed you. Perhaps you lost a loved one as well and it's left you in, in loss and grief and despair has come knocking and it's easier to despair than to hope. And so we wallow away in despair. We sit back and sit down and we think there's nothing that can change this because to hope takes some work on the inside. To hope, it's an emotion that, that it actually requires some change on the inside. It's easier to just lay down. It's easier to believe life is full of pain and suffering. God's not involved. He's forgotten me. Because to hope, you have to lift up your head a little bit to realize that there's, there's light beyond the fog. To hope, some people are mad at hope. Some people don't want hope because they rather stay lazy and down and out to say, I just can't believe that there's more to life than this. Hope comes to change. Hope is dangerous. Author and writer Esau Macaulay, speaking of hope, he says, it's a demanding emotion that insists on changing you. Oh, this is awesome. He said, it pulls you out of yourself and into the world, forcing you to believe more is possible. 
Woo. Hope, it does something on the inside as you sit there and, and you start to move and believe in faith. Wait, I, I believe that there, there may be more. Life also doesn't always have to look like this. Life always doesn't have to be full of pain and misery. I won't stay always in my misery. I won't stay always in my dysfunction. I won't stay always in my negativity. I won't stay always in my faithlessness. I won't stay always in my brokenness. I believe that there is more. Oh, it begins to pick me up. Hope will pick you up. And hope will make you stand up and say, I believe that if God be for me, nothing can stand against me all the days of my life. And hope will have you quoting scripture when you don't even know it. In the book of Nehemiah, you, you, some hope will start to rise on the inside. Hope causes us to change and it throws us out into life and it says, believe there is more. Today, what we're believing is that a day like today, regardless of where you come from today, regardless of your background, regardless of what you did last month, last week, or last night, I really believe that hope can start to rise in your situation because this day reminds us that outside of Jerusalem till this day, there is a grave that is empty. They found no bones. Come on, they found no body. Come on, today we remember that there was a man that in the middle of that darkness, in the middle of that cold tomb, oh, come on, he began to stand up and he stood in a grave. That brings some hope on the inside. Oh, that begins to do something. At the core of our being, there's a man who has authority over death. Woo, that gives me hope to keep going. Today, what we remember is that on that Friday afternoon, Satan and all of his demons, principalities, wicked and evil spirits, they started to throw a party because they got a message, Jesus defeated, Jesus defeated. And they started to relay the message and they brought out champagne bottles and, and they started popping at the club and they had a good time and they say, Jesus defeated, Jesus defeated. They put on the music, they started dancing. We beat the son of God, he's dead, he's not alive, he's in the grave. Oh, come on, we won. But on the third day, come on, as the fog began to rise, when the sun began to rise, not just the S-U-N, but with the S-O-N started to rise up. Oh, some of the demons said, hold on, hold on. The message has not finished. Jesus defeated. Jesus defeated. Dot, dot, dot. Jesus defeated the enemy. Jesus is alive. Oh, come on. And all of hell and every demon started to tremble. And they said, what? How can it be? Jesus has defeated death. Jesus has conquered the grave. And today we celebrate that Jesus is alive. Somebody give him the glory. Come on. Can you imagine how that party ended in hell? You ever seen that scene in movies where the DJ stops playing? Scream, what? They dropped their bottles, they dropped their glasses. Jesus defeated the enemy. Jesus, he rose on the third day as the fog lifted when the sun rises. Today, I believe that the sun is rising in our minds. The sun is rising in our hearts. Come on, the sun's going to rise in some of your minds, in some of your situations. And I believe that life is coming to your soul today in the name of Jesus. There's a grave that is empty 
and it leaves us with hope. In fact, I put it this way. The defeated grave gives us living hope. Come on, can we say that together today all over this place? The defeated grave gives us living hope. I got a living hope today. And so at times, although I feel despair, although darkness is around me, I have a living hope because I don't move by feelings. I move by faith. It's by faith. And by faith, hope begins to operate in my life. What a week Jesus had. Oof. We talked about this now for what, six weeks? Jesus had a week. Started on Palm Sunday when he came into the city and he came in riding on a donkey and everybody gathered around him. Hosanna, Hosanna, Jesus, please save us. And they, they, they thought he was going to be a physical king, going to their physical palace, taking out Rome. And Jesus that day is basically showing, I'm, I'm, I'm actually fulfilling the prophecy in Zechariah, I'm a different type of king. And then he went back to Bethany. He hangs out with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, who he resurrected from the dead. That should have gave everybody a clue. We all missed it. Monday, he goes back into Jerusalem, and we know everything that happened Monday through Thursday. And on Friday, he's crucified. And if there's ever a fog, it's the fog of loss. It felt like defeat. Can, can we transfer ourselves to AD 33, as we're there by the cross, you can imagine Mary, the mother of Jesus, John, the only disciple that was left. What, what happened? We thought Jesus was the ruler, the son of God. We, we thought Jesus was the Messiah. We saw everything that he did, and yet now he's dead. You couldn't even recognize him on the cross because he was covered in blood from head to toe, bled out, lungs collapsed. Many believe his heart was literally torn, broken heart. And Jesus has died. And they come and they take his body and they put it in a grave. Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, they, they get this grave in a garden. They put him there and they seal it. And Jesus is now in the grave by late Friday afternoon. And you can feel the defeat in the air. I mean, come on. If we trusted that Jesus was the Savior... If you and I, we've been following Jesus, telling people Jesus is the Messiah, he's the son of God. You should see what he did. We went to a party, he grabbed water and he turned it into wine. This thing is amazing. Like, oh my God, Chardonnay on the spot. This was absolutely incredible. We saw him raise people from the dead. We saw him heal somebody that was blind. And we've been talking all of this, but now he's dead. How do you face people after that? How do you go and talk to people after that? And, and what they did is that they began to scatter and hide. Thomas, who unfortunately got the nickname Doubting Thomas, he leaves the city. He leaves the city in despair, in sorrow, in fear. He leaves the city. He's surrounded by the fog of loss, by the fog of defeat. And not just him, but with some friends and some other disciples, they leave. Peter and a couple of friends, they gather in a house and they're trying to hide. Peter has just betrayed his friend three times. A little girl goes, w weren't you with Jesus as well? He's like, no, no, Jesus, I don't know Jesus. And she keeps on. He curses her out. Curses her out, betrays Jesus, and goes to hide in a room with some friends. Like, what do we do? He's dead. Jesus is dead. He's in a grave. They sealed it with a stone. He's dead. Not just dead. Dead. D-E-D. -E -D, dead. Dead. What do we do? Peter and some of the friends, they literally start saying, well, Let's go back to the regular life. I think, I think guys, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go join my dad. 
He has a fishing company. I'm going to go back to fishing. Oh, I can't even, I can't, I can't, I can't face people in the city. I claim this guy was God. There's defeat. There's the defeat of the disciples in the air. They ran. They were afraid. They scattered. Can you imagine the defeat of his mother? Mary is now in shock, shell-shocked at what she just saw. Her baby boy, Jesus, hanging naked on a cross, covered in blood. It was a shameful death. It was a death that was reserved for the lowest of slaves. Mary is defeated. The ones who actually thought they weren't part of the disciples, but the righteous ones who followed and said, this must be the Son of God. How are they feeling? You read the gospel stories. Nobody believed that Jesus was going to resurrect. Read the stories. Read it. They themselves wrote it. They wrote themselves into the story, and they told the truth that they did not believe. I don't know. If I was the author, I'll make myself as the only one who believed. Peter didn't believe. Matthew, he's a tax collector. He doesn't believe nobody. Uh, but I believed. None of them. Nobody was outside of the grave that Sunday morning saying, come on, 10, 9, 8. Nobody. Nobody believed that the resurrection would happen. They, it went over their heads every time. And so they're defeated. Defeat comes into our hearts, into our minds. It's the fog of defeat. <sighs> Blocks our faith. I got no hope. I'm going fishing. I'm hiding. I'm crying. I'm depressed. My son, my friend, my brother. Some of them are relieved. The religious are relieved because now they have control back. They thought Jesus was coming for control. If there's something human beings love, is control. Some of us today, the only thing that's holding us back is the control we want over our own lives. And Jesus is like, let me take control. I will bring you more freedom in life than you ever imagined. So the religious, they were relieved. Pilate was relieved. He's like, well, we handled it. I don't know. There was some guy who started this cult, this new religion, and we just did away with him. He's relieved. He washes his hands. He's like, I'm relieved. And Satan was relieved plan of God I interfered with it all oh, the plan of God I I got my way I got back at God because the son of God is now dead what happened what happened because if that was the end of the story Christianity ends there come on come on we're, we're, we're about to leave at this moment but think about it if that was the end of the story we wouldn't have a Bible today we wouldn't be gathering here today. We wouldn't be celebrating today. There would be no Christians if Jesus stayed in the grave. What happened? These men and women were defeated. What happened? What happened? Something happened. Some of them were scared, running for their lives. But something happened that changed all of history. It changed everything. What happened was that on the first day of the week, the first day is significant because the first day all throughout scripture is when God breathes new creation. It's on the first day of the week that we gather because in spite of what our week may look like, oh, today we understand that there's a new beginning for our week. There's a new beginning for our life. God is a God of new beginnings. God is a God of creation. We gather every Sunday morning because we believe that it was on that first day that they all went as Mary and Martha before they went to brunch, before they went to Cheesecake Factory or Green Street. They were going to take spices to the tomb. And when they got there, the stone had been rolled away. When they saw that, they didn't say, oh, yeah, he was going to resurrect. We get it. No, they were afraid. They, some of them went running back to the disciples, and they did not believe. Peter goes running, and when he saw it, he marveled. 
The Gospel of John tells us that when John gets there, remember, he's writing his own story. When he gets there, he stays outside for a moment. Peter goes in. Finally, he's like, okay, Peter goes in. He's crazy. I'm going to go in now. John goes in, and then it says, he went in, and then he believed. When he saw the empty grave, he's like, Some, what just happened? And hope came over these men that life doesn't have to always stay the same. That life is not always full of defeat, pain, misery, abuse. Something happened on that Sunday morning that changed their mind and changed their heart. Is that the author of life and death has stood up from the grave. And today, he's offering resurrection to you. Today, he's offering resurrection to your marriage. Today, he's offering resurrection to your situation. Oh, you can dream again. You can have life again. You don't have to stay dead. You don't have to stay defeated. Jesus, he's alive. And today he's offering new hope. Come on, this day changed everything. This day was so significant that the cross, the cross was a symbol of torture, pain. The cross was a symbol of terror. The Romans used it to scare people who wanted to go against them. Look at what we do to people that come against us. You go to Rome today, it's full of crosses. And it's not crosses of terror. Today the cross means hope love forgiveness mercy what happened the resurrection happened it's the greatest event in human history don't miss the moment don't miss this moment i'm going to ask you if you're here for a moment don't miss this think about this today we're gathered to remember the greatest day in the history of humanity because jesus rose from the grave everything changed the disciples got hope on the inside the fog was lifted and in spite of the pain and the suffering that they would face coming up they had hope on the inside resurrection in the Greek and in the Hebrew literally one of the definitions is to stand up again today I really believe that there's some of you in a fog like we've been in the fog but today is your resurrection day as well and today I believe and I'll prophesy in the name of Jesus, you're coming out of that fog in the name of Jesus. Come on, you're coming out of that fog of addiction. Today you're going to stand up again. You're going to come out of that fog of grief, out of that fog of depression, out of that fog of abuse, out of that fog of dysfunction. In the name of Jesus, stand up again. There's life for you. There's hope for you. There's mercy for you. There's grace for you. Receive it today in the name of Jesus. Stand and rise on Resurrection Sunday. I don't stay down. I stand and believe I live in resurrection power. Today, I believe there's resurrection power for your life. You may feel right now there's a fog. I don't even believe what this kid from Hialeah is telling me. It's telling you, I believe in the name of Jesus. The fog is lifting right now. I don't know who I'm talking to, who I'm speaking to. You've been hopeless. You've been walking in fear and condemnation and loss and grief and pain. Today, the fog is lifting in Jesus' name. Because Jesus rose from the grave, you can have hope today. And it's a living hope. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful day. I'm not saying life is perfect. Life is not perfect. I'm not saying we don't go through pain and challenges. We all do. But life is beautiful because today I remember that a man defeated the grave. And the empty grave gives me hope in spite of my pain. I'll finish with these three quick things and then we'll worship and then go outside and take pictures with llamas and goats. 
What does the resurrection do? The resurrection, what does it do in you and I? What does it cause us to do? I think number one, really quick, if you're taking notes, I'll finish with these quick three, three things. Number one, it means you can trust the truth. It means you can trust the truth. We're living in a world where who can you trust? Come on, every, nobody trusts nobody today. We don't trust our banking systems. We don't trust our bosses. We don't trust our coworkers. We're realizing we can't trust politicians. They're never going to bring the solution. We can't trust ourselves. Come on, we fail every day. What the resurrection shows us if that, is that there's one person who is the truth. There's one person that backed up everything that he said. And what Jesus said, it wasn't no like statement just to like throw it out there lightly. No, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Okay, cool. If you say that and stay dead, I don't believe you. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I am the great shepherd. He says, I am the door. He said at one point, if you see me, you have seen the Father. Jesus, you're saying some pretty crazy things. If you stay dead, nobody believes you. And nobody trusts you. But on the third day, he rose up, which means he didn't just say it. He backed up what he said. That proves everything. There's no box full of bones today. There's no grave with the body. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, the good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born in King David's family line. And he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Paul says it's because of his resurrection that we believe he's the son of God. Paul says if he didn't resurrect, everything we do is in vain. Paul said if Jesus did not come alive up from the grave, oh, we don't worship, we don't preach, and we don't gather because it was all a lie. But today you can trust. You can throw your whole life on him because he is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. You can trust him today. You can trust him more than you trust anything in this world. Trust Jesus. Number one, we can trust this truth. Number two, we can believe the promises. Because Jesus resurrected from the dead, it, dis, it did not just prove that he was the son of God. It also proved that every single promise, past and new, are yes and amen in Jesus. He resurrected from the dead. He came up out of the grave. They saw it. More than 500 witnesses saw him alive. Outside sources of the Bible says there was a man named Jesus that really lived. And there's talks about resurrection. What happened? He's the truth. And the truth, you can believe his promises. Today, I don't know what you're fighting against. I don't know what you're believing for. But you can believe this promise. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is there's promises that God has for you. There's promises that God has for your life, for your family, for your future. Today you can believe those promises because Jesus Christ, he resurrected from the dead. Number one, you can trust the truth. Number two, you can believe the promises. And number three, as we finish today, you can receive the life he gives. Today you can receive the life. Somebody say receive. Today, what are you receiving from this world? What are you, what are you accepting from all the world has to give you? you accepting the misery, the pain? Are you staying down and out because of what life has hit you? Today you can stand back up in resurrection power and you can receive the life, hope, and mercy 
the new life that he gives. Paul writes that the sting of death is now gone because Jesus resurrected from the dead. Jesus' resurrection, it proves that he's the son of God. It proves that his promises are true. And it, prom and it proves that there's life after death. Jesus' resurrection shows us that this world is not all there is, and when we die, there is life after death. With God, life doesn't end in death, and some of us are living with dead things around us. We're in despair. We've been walking around dead things. We've been wallowing around dead things. But whenever Jesus shows up, he always brings life. An old preacher in the 1800s named D.L. Moody, he got invited to go preach at a funeral, and he said he went to the Gospels to see... What can I preach? Where did Jesus speak at a funeral? And he found out that Jesus never preached at a funeral because every funeral he showed up in, they came back to life. Today I want to tell you that if Jesus shows up in your situation, that if Jesus shows up in your marriage, that if Jesus shows up in your mind, that if Jesus gets into your heart, there is resurrection power. You won't have a funeral. You'll have a celebration because life has come in. Today, Come on, on Easter Sunday, 2023, what a way that you can say, I've received the life. Good Friday, Jesus, it wasn't just the, Jesus that died, it's the old me that died. And on Resurrection Sunday, it wasn't just Jesus that resurrected, he now brings me back up to life with him again. Today we have a living hope. Peter says in 1 Peter, that because of the resurrected Jesus, we now have a living hope. The message is clear, Jesus defeated the enemy. Jesus defeated the enemy. There's people here today, your enemy is that addiction. Your enemy is that thing that you're enslaved to. Your enemy is that abuse, that generational trauma, those curses that have followed you for a long time. That negative mentality. I want to tell you today, Jesus defeated the enemy. And you can receive the life that he came to give you. And you can leave out of here with living hope. It's what we're celebrating. Today, don't leave this place without that Jesus. He loves you so much. He's alive today. Because he resurrected, the gospel message went all around the world. And today, more than two million, more than two billion people call on his name. There's life after death. And I believe that that life doesn't just begin after death, it begins right now. He wants to give you full life. I'm reminded of something that D.O. Moody and the evangelist Billy Graham said. I'll use it and put my name, but I believe that after today, if you start a relationship with God, you can put your name. Basically, the saying was this. One day, one day you're going to hear that Alex Sagat died. You'll read it in the newspaper. You'll see it on social media. But don't you believe it. Don't you believe it for a moment. Because I'll be more alive than I've ever been before. Oh, I'll be walking the streets of gold and I'll be home. I just got a new address. I'm going to be in his presence because I'll have life and life to the fullest. Today you can say, oh, one day you're going to hear that I'm dead, but don't you believe it because I've received life, life to the fullest because Jesus defeated the enemy. The enemy has been defeated. Come on, why don't you stand up to your feet? This world is not all there is. Death on this side is now just something we pass over to spend eternity with Jesus. With every eye closed, every head bowed.
I'm going to ask if just for a minute you can stay where you are. If just for a minute you can't, if, if, if it's possible, don't move for a moment. I want to pray. This is the most important part of the whole weekend. I believe the Spirit of God is here and He wants to invite you into a relationship with Him. I'm going to ask if it's possible every eye be closed, every head be bowed. Come on, let's pray for a moment. We're about to leave, I promise you. I'm about to finish. But if you're here and you say, Alex, I don't know Jesus. Maybe if you're here and you say, I've been walking in a fog, I've been walking in despair, I've been walking in death. Maybe you're, you're saying, Alex, I know I got sin in my life. There's no way that God wants anything to do with me. I want to tell you loud and clear tonight, this morning, I'm sorry, that God loves you so much. With every eye closed, every head bowed, God loves you so much that I believe he allowed you to come in here this morning to hear that he loves you. The Bible says God is love, but he's holy and he can't be with sin. And our sin separates us from God. God loves you and God loves me, but every single one of us were sinners. The Bible says we've all failed, we've all done wrong, we've all thought wrong, said wrong. Every single one of us have sinned. There's not one perfect person in here. And our sin separates us from this good and loving God. But the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whosoever believes in him will not die but have everlasting life. My friend, my brother, my sister, do you have everlasting life? Are you full of life today or has the fog brought you down? The son, he rose on the third day so that today you can have life and life to the fullest. The Bible says that Jesus, he carried my sins and your sins. Jesus carried him on his shoulders, the pain, the dysfunction, the abuse, the evil, the hatred, the greed. Jesus carried every wicked thing. He went on a cross and there on that cross, he paid the ultimate price for sin. The Bible says sin has a heavy price. It's called death. The Bible says that you and I, we, we needed to die for our sins, but our blood could never cover our sins. Sin has a heavy price, but Jesus says, I'll pay the price so that you can have life today you can trust you can believe and you can receive this life Jesus on that cross he bled out he breathed his last he said it is finished he paid the debt that sin demands they put him in a grave he was dead for three days but the Bible says that after three days Jesus Christ he resurrected it changed everything it changed Peter Matthew Mary it changed everybody it's changed me and today it begins to change you what are you going to do with this truth Come on, as we're praying about to leave, what are you going to do? Are you going to leave out of here knowing this truth? And yet your life staying the same like Peter was before resurrection, like Mary was before resurrection. Do you just continue saying, well, life is just the same, nothing changes. Or today, you can lift up your hand and say, I need that resurrection in my life. I need forgiveness in my soul. Today, I want to begin again. But every eye closed, every head bowed. Jesus resurrected and the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord you will be saved in the bottom deck in the upper deck in the balcony in the courtyard online every eye closed every head bowed if you're here and you say Alex I need Jesus Alex I need forgiveness for my sins oh it's the best news in the world to be forgiven and to have life and life to the fullest it does not matter maybe shame and guilt has followed you fog has let you think that pain is all there is today let the sun rise in your life but every eye closed every head bowed when I count to three if you're saying Alex that's me I need Jesus I need forgiveness at the count of three I want you to raise your hand as high as you can 
I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I just want you to raise your hand and you're saying, Alex, pray. would you pray for me? I need Jesus. I want to put my faith and my trust in him. Hold it up high enough, long enough for me to see you. And then you can put it right back down. Come on, when I count to three, you raise your hand. You're saying, I need resurrection. I need change. Today, I need forgiveness. Today, I want to come back to life. One, two, three. Raise your hand as high as you can. As high as you can. Hands all over the auditorium. Come on, raise it up as high as you can. As high as you can. Hold it up for a few seconds. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Hands everywhere, everywhere. Come on, raise them up. Raise them up all over the balcony. We see you. We see you. God is seeing you in this moment. It's the best decision that you could ever take. Come on, as high as possible. Amen. You can put your hand back down. I'm going to say a simple prayer. All of you who raise your hand, repeat this prayer with me. It's the most important prayer of our life. It's not what I'm saying. It's what we're doing through this prayer. In fact, the whole church, come on, it's one big family. Why don't we repeat this out loud? Come on, brothers and sisters, let's join in now with new family. Come on, let's declare this loud on Resurrection Sunday. Pray this with me. With all you got, say, Father. Father. Thank you, thank you for today. For today, thank you, thank you for this opportunity. This opportunity. Today, I admit today I admit that I'm a sinner, that I'm a sinner. and that my sin, that my sin separates, me separates me from you. From you. Come on, say Jesus. Jesus, I believe. I believe you're the Son of God. You're the Son of God. That you died for my sins. You died for my sins. And on the third day, and on the third day, you resurrected. You resurrected. Say Jesus. Jesus, come into my life. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. And be my Savior. Be from today, on. from today on, come on, from today on, from today on. I'm, forgiven, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, I'm saved. And, I'm and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, In Jesus name. Amen. amen, amen, amen. Oh, come on, Calvary Church, can we celebrate all over this auditorium? Thank you, Michael. Come on, hands went up all over this auditorium. Come on, what an Easter, 2023, to start a relationship with Jesus. Before we go, if you raise your hand, and I don't even know if we have enough bags, but we have a free gift for you all over this place. Before you go take pictures with the Easter buddy, the llama, the goat, the ducks, whatever they have. Before all that, we have a bag for you. It's a free gift, honestly, free gift. We want nothing from you. But there's a letter from me and Diana and the church. We just want to say we love you. Welcome to the family. There's a coffee mug for you to keep. More importantly, there's a Bible. We believe it's God's word. Maybe you're like, I have a Bible. No, this Bible is going to help you. This Bible has a lot of notes to help you understand what you're reading. I promise you it's a really cool Bible. We just want to make sure you get it in your hands. Not only are we here for you, but God's for you. He's on your side and he loves you. Pick one up, pass by the Connect 10. It's right in the middle. You're going to see it. It says Connect 10. Just say, hey, I raised my hands and they'll give you this free bag. One more time, put our hands together for each and every single person. Come on, anybody glad that the enemy has been defeated? Come on, if you believe it, why don't you make some noise all over this place? The enemy has been defeated. God bless you, Calvary. Have the best Sunday. We're going to celebrate one more time. We're going to throw a party. Jesus is alive. Father, we thank you. We love you. We pray that you go before us this week. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on.